What's up, everybody? It's Rob. It is Monday, and uh, I hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope everybody's still staying safe. You know, doing what you can do, um, keeping your family safe. You know, spending time with your family if you know those are the people that you're, um, you know, sheltering in place or quarantining or isolating with. Um, I, I just hope everybody's doing well. You know, these are these are uncertain times right now, and. Uh, we just don't know how or when this is going to end. Uh, just trying to make the best of it. Um, yeah, I'm starting to get a little, I don't want to say stir crazy, but I i go out like once a day, usually just to get something to eat. And uh, I don't know, I think I'm just kind of, I'm over being locked up, <laughs> you know. Um, I know I talked last week about everybody wants to work from home you think it's cool until you start doing it and then you hate it because the place where you live becomes the place where you work and there's like no outlet for you um and then it's funny like going outside like I go to the supermarket or I go to a restaurant to pick up food and everybody's like so scared of everybody else so you know I mean it's good to you know everybody's maintaining that that six feet thing but you know, sometimes in like the supermarket, for example, if you're in the same aisle as somebody, it's, you know, they're coming towards you. It's hard to, you know, maintain that six feet. Um, but so it's just kind of funny seeing that everybody's so scared of everybody else. And, um, you know, I just put my headphones in. I do my thing. Try to stay away from everybody else. Um, I don't even help people with things anymore. Like before people would like, you know, try to put something in their cart or something or take something off the shelf and fall and I would like, you know, go to help them pick it back up. Now, I just pretend like nobody else is there. It's just me, and I do my own thing. I don't want anybody touching me. I don't want to touch anybody. You know, everybody's, like I said, so scared of everybody else. So, but uh, it's kind of funny. It just seems like, like we're never gonna get back to how we were before this. You know, and uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to even imagine what things are going to be like in a couple of months because of all this. So I guess we'll see. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just looking for, looking for an end to all of this and looking forward to getting back to, um, you know, close to a semblance of, you know, what, what life was like before this whole COVID-19 thing happened. So I guess, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. So, you know, there's no, no football news. I didn't watch any of the Belarusian league. Um, like I was going to try to. I couldn't find any of it um, on the internet or anything like that. So, And I don't want to pirate anything. But um, couldn't find a place to like pay for it. Or even, you know, I saw some highlights on YouTube or something, you know, whatever. But um, couldn't find a place to actually physically watch the games. So it's funny. <laughs> uh, you know probably about an hour ago my wife sent me this meme and it was this guy posted um it's so difficult living without sports that now i'm just turning on madden you know the american football game and just having the cpu play against itself just so he can watch sports and i know i used to always do that and i'm actually seriously considering doing that with fifa just so i can have a game on in the background um to watch you know and see how it will play out you know something crazy like that you'll never get to see um like Portugal play against 
I don't know, like Bayern Munich or something like that, or PSG play against France. You know, I think that that actually probably would be a pretty pretty decent match to see. So I may actually do that tonight um, <laughs> while I'm eating dinner. We'll see. Uh, but it'd have to be a full 90-minute match, which I think might get a little annoying with a video game. But we'll see what happens. But, um, all right, on to some some football talk. Um, let's see, the Belgian Pro League. They're like the first major league to uh, basically say they're going to cancel, or not cancel, they're going to end their season as it is. Um, I guess they decided to uh, finally take that step. And uh, they were gonna club, uh, excuse me, crown Club Brugge as their champions. Um, they made this decision last week, but they still have to vote on it. I guess the official vote on it's gonna happen on the fifteenth, which is the next week. Um, but it's weird because you know they're a little bit different than you know the big five leagues within Europe. Uh, Belgium actually uses a playoff system to normally determine who their champion is. Um, so basically, they're just getting rid of the the playoff system, not the playoff system, but the the playoffs for this year, and they're going to use the normal table to to crown their champion. Basically, shortening the season, but I guess still kind of being being fair. Uh, problem with this is that uh, UEFA basically has said that they haven't really come out and said they're going to punish teams <laughs> or leagues, excuse me, that that do this, but. Um, they're basically saying that if they if leagues end their seasons early without exhausting all possible options of finishing their seasons, you know, they could lose European slots in the Champions League and the Europa League. So um, I think though that uh, if there's enough pressure from you know some of the big leagues, you know Germany, uh, Italy, Spain, Premier League, um, and France, if they if, if enough of them decide, hey, we're just going to cancel our leagues or not cancel, but end the season where it is with the table, the, you know, the way it is, that's enough pressure to get UEFA kind of to back off on potentially punishing uh, federations for deciding that they're going to cancel their seasons. So we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, you know, UEFA kind of they, they are kind of holding um, some of these leagues hostage. And <clears throat> I think it's kind of bad because, you know, I'm kind of all for ending the season or, you know, maybe even doing like a short playoff, but ultimately the health of the fans are, is, is most important. And then you also have to worry about the health of the players, obviously, and the people that are, you know, there's still referees, there's ball boys, you know, there's equipment people. I mean, there's so many people that go into a game, even if you're just playing behind closed doors, you still have to have security. There's, there's just too much stuff to have. And then fans are still going to show up. They may not get into the stadium, but they're going to be outside the stadium wanting to not necessarily tailgate, but they're going to want to see, you know, their team bus pull up. They're going to want to do everything, you know, and uh, that's just something that they're going to have to take into account. Um, but like I said, if there's enough pressure against UEFA, uh, they may be able to, uh, these leagues themselves may be able to force UEFA to, you know, change their mind on trying to punish teams. So, uh, we'll see which other leagues follow suit. I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Um, you know, a lot of teams are saying that, uh, excuse me, a lot of leagues are saying that, you know, they want to try to play by the end of May. Um, I, I've read that some some of the leagues are planning on, you know, bringing back practices, um, you know, in the coming weeks. Um, 
you know, I think it's, I mean, it's kind of safe to say that, you know, a lot of these players, they've been quarantined for however long, uh, they've been with their families. If they don't have the symptoms now, um, chances are pretty good that they haven't been exposed or that by now the virus has already run its course that 14 days they you know haven't gotten sick or whatever maybe they can do that granted there are some players that have been doing some you know crazy stuff having like parties at their houses and stuff like that inviting family members over so you know it's it's with something like this it's always going to be difficult to uh to completely control it so and you know not everybody has been doing exactly the same um you know, quarantine type thing. Some people are just completely ignoring it, but, um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, eventually, you know, as insignificant as, as football and sport in general may seem during this whole, you know, pandemic, um, eventually, you know, well, not eventually, but this is, these are people's jobs. Whether you're talking about the players, you're talking about the staffs, you're talking about security people, whoever, this, these, these are still jobs that are happening and people are missing out and, uh, it's going to have to go back to normal eventually you know i mean we'll we'll see what happens but uh yeah so speaking of um the jobs you know obviously there's not just players that are on you know members of these clubs they have backroom staffs they have front office staffs they have you know concession people security people uh, maintenance people that make the club and the grounds function um you know they're clearly not making as much as most of these players are, uh, you know, you have players that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a week. And then you have regular people that are making, you know, less than that for, for the entire year. Um, so some of these clubs, um, specifically like Liverpool, they've decided that they're going to start to furlough their people. Now in the UK, um, once somebody's furloughed, they can, collect unemployment I guess it's gonna be 80% of what they were making before um, I, I could be wrong on those specific details but this is something that I've read that they can claim up to 80% of what they were making and in some cases the club is gonna pay that additional 20% in some cases they're not so you know that kinda of gets into a point where you're you're looking at the government subsidizing sport now they're not play, paying the players but they are paying for the people that keep these organizations running. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a crappy situation because you have like billion dollar owners that own billion dollar teams that don't want to pay like the working people of these clubs. You know, you have the cooks, you have the laundry people, you have the groundskeepers, you have the stadium, stadium maintenance, you know, everybody that's essentially not a, a playing member of the club. Um, these people just work, these are just, you know, regular jobs for them. You know, you don't see these people on TV. Um, they're not the superstars or whatever. They're just regular people working jobs. And you have these clubs that are saying, oh, we're going to continue to pay so-and-so, you know, $125,000 a week, but we can't afford to pay this person, um, you know, half that for the year. And then in addition, these owners, I mean, yes, everybody's losing money during this, you know, um, because, you know, normal things aren't functioning. People aren't buying tickets. So no concessions. Um, nobody, I mean, I'm sure sh uh, shirts are still selling, but, you know, it's not like it normally is. And uh, every, so everybody's losing money. But these owners are billionaires. Like, I mean, I, I can't imagine that they don't have some type of 
savings or I, I can't see a billionaire that owns a, a, a football club living like week to week. Like I just don't, I don't see that happening. Now the clubs might function like that because of ticket sales and you know, whatever else, but these owners are definitely not doing that, which, um, especially a team like Liverpool, you know, that went to champions league final last year. I know they have the money, but they've decided to furlough people. On the other hand, Manchester city, whose owner we know is a billionaire. They've decided that they're not, they're not, uh, furloughing anybody. Nobody's pay is going to get reduced. That's not a, a, a player because the players, you know, their salaries may get reduced, but the normal staff that, that keeps the organization flowing, they are probably not, uh, at least in Man City, they're definitely not going to see their pay reduced and they're not going to be furloughed, um, which is, which is always good. Um, people like, you know, the people that are on TV, um, that are in the back rooms, you know, it seems like they, they kind of get forgotten until something like this happens. And then they're the first ones to go or the first people that seem like, like they're the financial drain on the clubs and it shouldn't be like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see exactly what, uh, what the premier league does, um, you know, try to help those people out. But in Italy, for example, just today, they've decided that, um, with the exception of Juventus, who, you know, they had their own plan that they implemented. Um, what they're going to do right now is um, they're going to reduce wages for the players, but it's contingent on whether or not the season continues or not. So if the season does continue, if it resumes, I mean, I, I, I double-checked this like three times. I could be reading this wrong, but they said if the season resumes, you know, within the next month or weeks or whatever, they're going to cut payer wages by a third. So if you're making 90000 a week, you're only going to get 60000 a week. But if the season does not continue, then they're going to cut their wages by one-sixth, which the first time I read that, I thought it was backwards. But... Uh, you know, I checked multiple sources and that's, that's what it said. So if the season continues, cut the pay by a third. If it does not continue, cut it by one sixth. So we'll see what happens. Now Juventus, on the other hand, they decided that they were going to jump ahead of this thing. And so from May to June, so the entire month of May, or excuse me, March, April, May, and June, they will not be paying their players. Um, and they're going to end up saving like a hundred million dollars um, during this whole thing. So, you know, Juventus kind of got ahead of the ball and they were able to set the terms themselves um, instead of having it dictated to them by, you know, the Italian FA or Syria. Um, so, yeah, so, and, and it makes them look, you know, it makes them look great because they're keeping on their staffs instead of, um, you know, trying to furlough people to save money. And also it doesn't make their players look bad because, it does look bad when you have these millionaires um, still making their full pay while, you know, the regular people aren't getting furloughed or getting cut. So I would say, you know, kudos to uh, to Juventus for doing that. I mean, they decided they were definitely, definitely going to um, get in front of the ball on that. And uh, it makes them makes them look great for doing that on, you know, on the opposite side of what Liverpool is doing. Which, you know, Liverpool may reverse their course, but right now Liverpool is, and I think Tottenham too, 
um, they're furloughing people to the point where they were even, I, I read something, they were taking like laptops and cell phones from their staff members during this in order to save money to include like the scouting department, which I think is ridiculous. But I mean, those are the choices that are being made by owners and, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll, uh, it'll carry on later on once everything does get back to normal people are not going to forget that so um let's see the the chief of the italian fa he said that uh syria um you know depending on how long the covid19 measures um, go on that they could end up finishing the season in october so i don't know how how they're gonna they're gonna do that but they're talking about let's say it goes until august instead of starting the 2020-2021 season, they would end up just extending the 2019-2020 season so that they could finish it no matter what and then starting up the following season, the 2020-2021 season, which I think is crazy, but, you know, I mean, that, that, that they just want to see it, the season completed. Um, I think they don't want to uh, to abandon the season like the, the Belgian League did. I think they want to you know, crown a champion, play out all their games and, uh, you know, give the fans what they want. Um, obviously a lot of it is going to come down to money. Um, and you know, also adding the safety aspect into it too, of the fans. Cause I think what they really want is for the fans to be able to, to experience the games also. And everybody knows, you know, the games are great to watch on TV, but, um, you definitely want to have fans in the stadium because I've watched games, you know, before all these, uh, league suspended where there was no fans in the stadium and you literally could hear the players yelling and it echoing off the seats and um it just there, obviously there's no atmosphere in there because you know you didn't have your ultras and there was no drums and it just i don't know it just seemed like uh almost like you were playing a video game like it wasn't it wasn't a uh great experience i don't know to to watch those games so um yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, as of right now, uh, Serie A, they're hoping to restart the league on May 17th. But uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think that uh, the end of May right now is a little ambitious, at least for sports leagues. Um, I, just, I just can't imagine um, everything getting back to normal that quickly. I mean, yeah, we'll see. So... Um, in addition to, you know, all these clubs furloughing people and obviously the clubs losing money, um, I read a report that said that there are a lot of teams in the Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga that are facing insolvency. So um, I never would have thought that, you know, these clubs were living week to week. Um, obviously, you know, they have they have to pay their players a lot of money. They have their their staffs and uh, that they have to pay. I'm sure there's possibly in some situations leases and rents that they have on the stadiums that they play in. Um, but I never would have thought, I mean, how long have the leagues been suspended for a month, month and a half at the most. And, uh, you know, now some of these teams are facing insolvency. Now I get it. Some of the smaller teams, especially in the second Bundesliga, I totally get it. Um, you know, Stuttgart's in the second Bundesliga. I'm not exactly sure how, cause if, if they're having any issues, they haven't expressed that yet. Um, but you know, some of these really, really smaller teams, um, I can totally understand how they might not survive because of this, you know, teams that have like really, really small, uh, home stadiums and 
things like that where they're not bringing in a whole lot of money um but teams in the in the top league like you would not expect i mean i can see a team like paderborn i guess teams that are you know kind of those yo-yo teams that will be in the second Bundesliga and then go to Bundesliga and then come back down but I couldn't expect a team like Ham- Hanover or Hamburg um, not being able to survive something like this um, you know it's a little bit different in Germany they don't have you know the billion dollar owners that have you know control every aspect of the team but uh, I would think that in a certain situation or certain circumstance that the, the German government might come in and bail out some of these teams because you know that is I don't know I don't want to throw around the term an institution but it's you know the the soccer clubs are huge for the country you know and uh, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that, uh, that they can do it but if something like that does happen and some of these teams you know become insolvent and they can't rebound I mean you're going to see some long-term effects in, in both of those leagues, the Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga. So um, hopefully it doesn't happen, but uh, there's definitely not a guarantee that uh, that it won't. So we're in, you know, completely uncharted territory here. I mean, you know, while there may have been a pandemic back in 1918, uh, the world has changed, so we can't, like, you know, there's not models that you can run to see exactly what's going to happen or how it's going to play out. But... Um, I don't know, right now we're looking, uh, I don't know, looking for an end. But we have no clue how this whole thing is going to end. But, you know, hopefully it'll end soon. So, um, and lastly, um, you know, every death that that's related to this, um, this coronavirus, COVID-19, um, is tragic. I mean, you know, I know people that uh, personally that, that have it, that are fighting with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. Um, but in the, in the world of, of football, um, Pep Guardiola, I just read today that his mother, 82 years old, I believe she was in Spain. She passed away after contracting the virus. Um, like I said, no death is special or different from any other, but, uh, you know, this is a football podcast and, you know, I mentioned Pep Guardiola Pep Guardiola on this podcast a lot and uh yeah it's 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 sad that uh you know something like that had to happen you know to to a coach I mean to anybody but um that was just like tragic news when I saw that that is uh his mother passed away so I mean we need to we need to get rid of this thing we need to like figure out something it it upsets me when I see people that aren't following like the guidelines like people that just think that they can do whatever that they people don't believe that it's real or whatever but you know just because it's not affecting them uh, doesn't mean it's not affecting other people so I think everything becomes real when somebody that you know is being affected by it or somebody that you know has it Uh, that's when that's when everything is changed so you know hopefully people will continue to uh you know, follow the guidance of their, their governments or, you know, their health officials in their country. And, uh, we can get rid of this thing and, you know, move on. Cause I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm ready for, uh, things to get back to normal. I'm, I miss being able to, 
sit down in a restaurant. I miss, you know, going to the supermarket and getting a cart and not having to, you know, wipe it down 30 times with a, uh, like a Clorox wipe or whatever, you know? And I'm, I'm tired of this, like being the, the one thing that I'm constantly talking about on this podcast or the, it, cause it's like completely and totally governing everybody's lives right now. And it's, oh, it's just pissing me off. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully the end is, uh, is near. Hopefully it's the end of this is closer. Um, or hopefully I should say we're closer to the end than we are to the beginning. Let's, let's say that. So, um, yeah. So, um, I know it was a lot and mostly talking about COVID-19 related, you know, football matters, but that's the world we live in right now. So, um, I hope everybody is, you know, staying safe. Um, I hope everybody has a great week and I hope you guys, uh, you know, continue to listen, (laughs) even though, it doesn't seem like I'm talking much football, but, um, you know, feel free to contact me. Um, my information is always going to be in the show notes. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I hope, like I said, I hope everybody's being safe. So, um, Instagram 90 plus ET Twitter at 90 plus ET. And then the email is 90 plus ET at gmail.com. Um, just let me know what you guys are thinking. Let me know what you guys are doing to, uh, Avoid going stir crazy, what you're doing to keep yourself sane during all this craziness. Um, I'm looking for anything. I'm, I'm working from home. Um, so, you know, even like when I'm not working, I'm looking for something to do. I can only play so much FIFA, I can only watch so much Netflix. So, let me know what you guys are doing. Um, I would just love to hear from you guys in general. It doesn't have to be soccer related. Um, just let me know. Just let me know what you guys are doing, what you guys are thinking, and how you're getting through this. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I'll talk to you next week. Again, stay safe, take care of yourself and your family members. And uh, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye.